The Fed hikes rates by a quarter percentage point, which is 25 basis points, and it indicates that the increases are near an end. All right. So the Federal Reserve on Wednesday enacted a quarter percentage point rate increase, expressing caution about the recent banking crisis and indicating that hikes are nearing an end. Along with this night hike since March 2022, the rate setting Federal Open Market Committee, which I will then which I will now state as FOMC, noted that future increases are not assured and will depend largely on incoming data. The committee will closely monitor incoming information and assess the implications for monetary policy, the FOMC's post-meeting statement said. The committee anticipates that some additional policy firming may be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restricted to return inflation to 2% over time. Now, this is different from what they have been saying the previous nine times they did this. When the Fed comes out, they'll tell you about policy and what they believe will be appropriate moving forward. Jerome Powell over the last 12 months has consistently said that he believes that ongoing rate hikes will be appropriate moving forward. But now the narrative and the way that they are saying this is shifting from the committee anticipates that some additional policy firming may be appropriate. So I believe that we are getting closer to the end of the rate hikes at the end of the day. That wording is a departure from previous statements, which indicated ongoing increases would be appropriate to bring out inflation, like I just said. While comments Fed Chair Jerome Powell made during a press conference were taken to mean that the central bank may be nearing the end of its rate hiking cycle, he qualified that the inflation fight isn't over. And if we look at the federal funds target rate right here, right now we're between 4.75 to 5%. And that's the largest that we have been since 2007. Okay. The process of getting back down to 2% has a long way to go and it's likely to be bumpy. The central bank leader said also Powell acknowledged that the recent in, the recent events in the banking system were likely to result in tighter credit conditions. And that was likely why the central bank's tone had softened. Still, he had still he said that despite market pricing to the contrary, rate cuts are not in our base case for the remainder of 2023. Stocks initially rose after the Fed's decision, but slumped following Powell's remarks. Now. What, what does he mean when he says that market pricing is to the contrary in terms of rate case, rate cuts are not our base case? What he means is, is, is he's pretty much referring to treasury yields, the two-year yield, the five-year yield, the 10-year yield. All of the treasury yields have came down substantially since the Silicon Valley Bank collapse and the signature bank takeover by the Fed, by the Federal Reserve, essentially. And so what he's saying is, is that, yes, the two-year note may be below 4%, and that may indicate that rate cuts are going to happen in, in this particular year, but he's saying that him and the committee don't see any rate cuts happening. So the U.S. banking system is sound and resilient, the committee said in his prepared statement, Recent developments are likely to result in tighter credit conditions for households and businesses and to weigh on economic activity, hiring, and inflation. The extent of these effects is uncertain. The committee remains highly attentive to inflation risk. 
During the news conference, Powell said the FOMC considered a pause in rate hikes in light of the banking crisis, but ultimately unanimously approved the decision to raise rates due to intermediate data on inflation and the strength of the labor market. We are committed to restoring price stability and all of the evidence says that the public has confidence that we will do so. That will bring inflation down to 2% over time. It is important that we sustain that confidence with our actions as well as, as our words. So what we have to understand is that the recent developments with the banks actually did have the Fed pausing a little bit, thinking about, hey, have we done too much to the banking system and have and have we caused monetary policy conditions to pretty much tighten too much? They had to think about that because of what is going on. Now, the increase takes the benchmark federal funds rate to a target range between 4.75% to 5%. The rate sets what banks charge each other for overnight lending, but feeds through to a multitude of consumer debt like mortgages, auto loans, and credit cards. The projections released along with the rate decisions point to a peak rate of 5.1%, unchanged from the last estimate in December and indicative that a majority of officials expect only one more rate hike ahead because that peak rate 5.1% is pretty much the terminal rate that is between that's that's pretty much between that 25 basis point range so pretty much right now the fed is saying that they will probably only raise interest rates one more time so so one last 25 basis point hike that will put the federal funds rate to 5% to 5.25%. Now, data released along with the statement shows that seven of the 18 Fed officials who submitted estimates for the dot plot see rates going higher than the 5.1% terminal rate. So you have to take that into consideration as well. The next two years worth of projections also showed considerable disagreement among members, reflected in a wide dispersion among the dots. Still, the median of the estimates point to a 0.8 percentage point reduction in rates in 2024 and 1.2 percentage points worth of cuts in 2025. The statement eliminated all references to the impact of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Markets have been closely watching the decision, which came with a higher degree of uncertainty than is typical for the Fed move. So if we look at these dot plots and, and these projections, I don't want us to hold on to these projections, to marry these projections, to say these projections are permanent, because I honestly don't think that we need to be thinking too much about what the Fed is doing at this specific point, because the Fed has done so much tightening to this point. And I believe that we're pretty much getting very, very close to the end because the Fed, the Fed just can't tighten into a recession. Now, the move that they have made may, may eventually cause a recession down the line and we may eventually see one because of the moves that they have made. But the end of the day is it's really getting to the point to where we shouldn't be concerned about the Fed so much if we're trying to build wealth. If we're really, truly trying to build wealth, if we're really, truly about trying to make money in the stock market, we need to pay attention to what the Fed is doing, but we don't need to be consumed with what the Fed is doing. That's my, that's my early, that, that's my early opinion on what I want to get to at the end of that, at the end of the episode. Now, earlier this month, Powell had indicated the central bank may have to take a more aggressive path to tame inflation. 
but a fast moving bank crisis, banking crisis thwarted any notion of a more hawkish move and contributed to general market sentiment that the Fed will be cutting rates before the year comes to a close. And, and, and I'm glad that they are not doing the more hawkish move because before SBB collapsed, there were talk that the Fed might raise by 50 basis points. And I believe that that would have been totally overkill and the market would have came down significantly as a result. Now, estimates released Wednesday of where the federal of where FOMC members see rates, inflation, unemployment and gross domestic product underscore the uncertainty for the policy path. And so now what we're about to get into, we're about to get into the summary of economic projections and, and and the Fed doesn't give a summary of economic projections at every single Fed meeting, but they give them, but they give them periodically throughout the year. So officials have tweaked their economic projections. They slightly increased their expectations for inflation with a 3.3% rate pay for this year compared with a 3.1% in December. Unemployment was lowered at a notch to 4.5% while the outlook for GDP nudged down to 0.4%. The estimates for the next two years were little changed, except the GDP projection for 2024 came down to 1.2% from 1.6% in December. The forecasts come amid a volatile backdrop. So pretty much that kind of goes into what Powell was saying in terms of him believing that, you know, this banking situation may cause tighter credit conditions with tighter credit conditions you also may have to say well you know economic activity may not be as it may not be as good as what we thought it was that's going to tighten that's going to tighten things and you know slow slow the economy down to a certain degree we don't know how to necessarily measure that until you know until, until everything pretty much happens now despite the banking turmoil and volatile expectations around monetary policy markets have held their ground the Dow Jones is up some 2% over the past week. It's not up that much now, though the 10-year Treasury yield has risen about 20 basis points or about 0.2 percentage points during the same period. While late 2022 data had pointed to some softening in inflation, recent reports have been less, less encouraging. So we're talking about the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, a favorite inflation gate for the Fed, rose 0.6% in January and was up 5.4% from a year ago, 4.7% when stripping out food and energy, and that's well above the central bank's 2% target, and the data prompted Powell on March 7th to warn that interest rates likely would rise more than expected. And that's the thing about inflation that I really want people to talk about, what I really want to talk about in terms of inflation. I just feel that people have an unrealistic expectation in terms of inflation. Inflation is going to continue to increase month over month, year over year. It's all about the rate of inflation, right? The rate of inflation is what we should be worried about. And we should want the rate of inflation to come down. We don't want inflation to be increasing so much on us month over month, year over year. But inflation is going to increase. At the end of the day, inflation is just ingrained into the fabric of this economy. And so we have to just understand that. Okay, we understand that. We know that. How is the market going to price that? I don't know. We have to we have to look at technical analysis and see how they're going to price it, right? But the banking issues have co have complicated the decision making calculus as the Fed's pace of tightening has contributed to liquidity problems. Closures of Silicon Valley Bank and the Signature Bank 
and the capital issues at Credit Suisse and First Republic have raised concerns about the state of the industry. While big banks are considered well capitalized, smaller institutions have faced liquidity crunches due to the rapid rising interest rates that have made otherwise safe long-term investments lose value. Silicon Valley, for, for instance, had to sell bonds at a loss, triggering a crisis of confidence. The Fed and other regulators stepped in with emergency measures that seemed to have stemmed immediate, immediate funding concerns, but worries linger over how deep the damage is among regional banks. You know, you know what I mean? And so when we think about this, um, we have to understand that the banks definitely, the big banks are definitely going to have more money than the smaller banks, right? Your, your JP Morgans, your Goldman Sachs, your your Citigroups, your Bank of Americas, your Morgan Stanleys, um, you know, Bank of America, like they're fine. Like those banks are fine. We actually have seen an increase in in depositors at a JP Morgan and Chase because of what is going on with the regional banks, and so. We just need to keep that in mind. And so and so since we are nearing the end of March and going into the beginning of April, guess what? We're getting back into earnings season again. With that being said, since we're going back into earnings season, what we need to understand is that we're going to hear from the banks first. And so the banks are going to provide a lot of color about they're, they're pretty much, you know, their loan loss reserves and what they have going on at these particular banks. Now, to close, up, to close out this article at the, at the same, recession concerns persist as the rate increases work their way through the economic plumbing and indicated that the New York Fed produces using the spread between the three-month and the 10-year treasuries put the chance of a contraction in the next 12 months at about 55% as of the end of February. The yield curve inversion has increased since then. However, the Atlanta Fed's GDP tracker puts first quarter growth at 3.2%. Consumers continue to spend, though credit card usage is on the rise, and unemployment rate was at 3.6%, while payroll growth has been brisk. So what we have to understand is that there's so many things that, that we just don't know. There's so many risks out there that we have. There's so many things that we just don't know. But this is not going to stop us from investing into the stock market from a long-term perspective because there's no need for us to worry about it. There's always going to be risks that are going to continue to come up. You know, like a banking crisis was not a risk that I saw in any 2023 stock market projections when I was looking at that stuff late last year, early this year. I didn't see a banking crisis in, in the projections, right? But theoretically, that was a risk that we should have been thinking about. Okay, now it's a risk. It is a risk that is pretty much in the forefront, right? There's another risk that may happen a year down the line, two years down the line, three years down the line, but we shouldn't be worried about it because we have to have a long-term perspective, a long-term standpoint, a long-term frame of reference in order for us to actually make money and actually build wealth in this particular market regardless of what you are doing at the end of the day. 